Hello, hello, hello. I'm Chan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters. Have you ever come to a crossroads in your life? Are you in one right now? How do we deal with them? How do we get out of them? How do we make it through? I'm going to respond with the first chapter of a book of mine in just a moment. Greetings uh, throughout the world this week as we are in the midst of summer in one section of the world and in the middle of winter in others. It is a time of change. It is a time of extremes. And all the more important to keep our balance. Oftentimes we keep our balance by the way we reframe things that are happening around us. There's our gut reaction and then there's the reaction when we think something through. Oftentimes the question I ask myself is, what could this mean? Or what's the lesson here? And I suppose that's sort of the question that has greeted me at every moment of challenge in my life. What is the lesson here? And years ago, and I've talked about it on All That Matters on the podcast, um, I had a student, a remarkable young woman. Um, actually, if you had t- told me... Um, to list the, the five most effervescent people I've met, she would be one of them. And several years after she uh, left my classroom and in her senior year of high school, she took her life. And she did it after writing a letter to her parents. And I've talked about this, so this may sound familiar to some of you, but the reason I'm sharing... F- this with you will come become clear in a moment. Um, she did it by, and also in doing so, left a letter for her parents in which she was very grateful. She basically told them, don't, don't blame yourselves. I know this is going to cause pain. But this is what I, I've chosen to do right now. This is where my life adds up, but... I'm grateful for everything you've done for me. Not a bitter letter, but a grateful letter, interestingly enough. And um, it shook, of course, all of us who knew her. Now, I share this with you because she's part of the inspiration why I wrote my first novel, which, uh, as some of you may know, is entitled All That Matters which is where we took the podcast from, that title. But it was and is my first novel because I was really shaken by what, what, what matters in life. What, is, what are the lessons that we need to take? And what lesson could I possibly pull out of the experience of losing her? And in addition 
I'm married to a remarkable clinical therapist who has had her experience with adolescence and this moment of decisions and crossroads that some of them have been on. And so together, that became some of the fertile soil in which I would plant my ideas for this first novel. Because my question was, who could I possibly imagine might have been able to steer her a different way? Now, some of you out there may say, hey, that's not your choice. No, it's not my choice. But if I were writing the story... And that's indeed what we as novelists, which is one of the hats I wear, what I do is I imagine and reimagine the world. Imagine the hurt in it and imagine the holiness in it. Imagine um, the pain and imagine the passion and the power we have to shape and reshape. But often... What we try to do, some of us who write, is to imagine and create a world the way it might be, or it could be, or to provide an answer that maybe we don't see in front of us right now. And so we use our stories to illuminate, and we use our stories to uh, enumerate and to collate what experiences we have come in contact with and then to find uh, within that the seed of a story that might have different persons in it but deals with the same theme which in this case was really choosing life or death Um, and how we we look at the world and through whose eyes we look at the world. Of course, we look at it through ours, but we look at it also through those with whom we come contact. I tried to imagine who would be the most um, incandescent individual, the most... um, if not persuasive, um, at least the most um, capable and authentic voice for giving this young woman, this young character, um, who I based my character on, giving her... um, a different way of looking at things, how to reframe, how to reshape it. And so I created a a grandmother figure to come and out of her sickbed in New York and come out to California where her granddaughters just tried to commit suicide and um, to steal her away from the psychiatric ward and take her on a journey across America to help her fall in love with life. And that's the story of All That Matters. And it's told in part in the young girl's voice. She's a young woman. 
and um, and I wanted to share it with you now because we are nearing a hundred episodes of All That Matters, and I realized the very book that first um, allowed me to tell a story and reshape and reframe the way we look at life was this one. And uh, it sort of poured out of me. Once I got the character who was going to be the grandmother, and it was someone um, who, in essence, I never got to meet. In some ways, it was my own grandmother that I was creating for this book. And the young girl, the young woman, Jennifer, um, finds herself at a crossroads right at the beginning of the book, and I'm going to share chapter one with you now from All That Matters, uh, published by Hyperion. It had all gone wrong, of course. No one was supposed to notice her there in the sand on the Venice, California beach at sunset. Why would they? A human circus of all shapes, hair colors, and states of mind gathered along the shore to witness the orgasmic reds and resplendent golds at the end of each day. A five-foot-three, mousy-haired, slightly-built young woman in this crowd was like a rerun in the middle of television's new fall lineup. Who's going to bother tuning in? It was a perfect plan. Thing was, Jennifer had reasoned with a cynic's clarity. Anybody could end her life behind closed doors. But why wade through the morass of possible distractions that her indoor suicide might occasion? Prolonging the inevitable with one more late-night movie on the tube, stumbling on yet another marathon chat session among similarly depressed individuals on the Internet, the temptation to humiliate herself with pitiful phone calls to the living heartache who'd once masqueraded as her soulmate. Everything up to that point, the brisk 20-minute walk to the beach, the glorious farewell sunset, the tying to her waist of her ever-present camcorder with the simple 411 that, in the cool, dispassionate adding up of her life, the minuses simply outnumbered the pluses. The slightly hyperventilating intake of drugs and alcohol, allowing her to drift off on a cloud of Xanax and tequila. All of it had gone just as Jennifer had envisioned. But then the one thing that was not supposed to happen actually did. Some time after she had laid her head down and passed out, the truck hauling the large metal comb used for grooming the sand nearly ran over the inert object in its path. And just like that, someone noticed. Afterward, a flurry of doctors, nurses, and medical assistants floated around Jennifer's bed. Hours passed in which she was in and out of consciousness. At one point, she looked up through the haze of her stupor to see her father's face bobbing overhead. How does he do it? The question poked through her fog. Even now, not a hair out of place. She hadn't known he could cry. Where were you when I could have used some of this attention? Her brain shouted. 
She wished he would go back to his little wife and his baby and leave her the hell alone. He used to do that so well. And then he was gone, leaving her with her failure. Later, amid the lights, the voices, and the churning within her, Jennifer fell into a fitful sleep and dreamed of her mother. In the dream, Lily stood on a massive rock overlooking a body of water. From this stone formation, she appeared to be throwing something out into the sea. But Jennifer couldn't recall having ever been to this place she saw now in her dream. Why was her mother on this strange rock? And what was she discarding? When Jennifer awoke the next morning, she was still groggy and confused. But confusion was about to meet its match. And that's where we end this introductory chapter to my novel, All That Matters. Because this young woman is about to interact with an incredible personality. A woman who had experienced the worst that mankind had to offer and still found a way to express gratitude, still found a way to uphold and uplift life. I hope you've enjoyed this first chapter and I look forward to sharing others with you and to exploring this dialogue about creativity and about how we answer the questions when we're at the crossroads of our life. They're not always life and death questions, but they are about how we live. As one individual once told me at the end of their life, Hey, Jan, if you get a chance, tell others. It's who you love and how you love, and the rest didn't matter at all. I hope this week you get to find a bit more about who you love and how you love. Here's to creativity. Here's to forging ahead to life. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters.